Welcome to an episode of Love Me, the podcast. I am your host, Hannah Tittle, and this is my self-love journey. I believe that loving yourself should be easy. It should be second nature, but I know firsthand that it isn't. Together on this podcast, or better yet, on this journey, we will be learning about what self-love really means, what it means to different women of different ages and in different stages in their lives, and we will be learning what we can do to make it easy, to make it so that it is second nature. Each episode, I will be having conversations with badass women, with coaches, gurus, and mentors, and together with their help, we can learn how and what we can do to make loving ourselves effortless, and best of all, to make it so that we truly, authentically love ourselves. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode number five. I was definitely just about to make a joke about, ladies and gentlemen, mumbo number five. But instead, I was going to stop myself, and then here we go. I I just said it anyway. But if you know me, that's pretty standard with my sense of humor. So anyway, (laughs) welcome to episode number five. I'm super excited that you're here and that you're listening and that you're along for this ride with me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Since my last release, it's been another incredible couple of weeks. The emotional roller coaster has definitely continued. We said goodbye to our 13-year-old Golden Doodle a week and a half ago, and I'm going to be completely honest, I don't think I've ever felt so much pain or sadness in my entire life. It was a horrible few days, Um, and I, as I keep saying to all of you, and as I've learned to do for myself, I let myself feel it. I took some time, and... I immediately wanted to revert back to my comfortable place of being alone. Um, And just, I had a four-day weekend and I did not want to do anything. I knew that I could spend the entire time on the couch and cry and, you know, drown my sorrows in some ice cream if I wanted. And I thought that that would make me feel better. But the truth is, is, and what I definitely learned, even though I'm still not used to it, is that isn't the answer for me. It feels comfortable, so of course I still do want to do it, but it doesn't actually make me feel any better. And that's not to say it doesn't isn't the case for everyone, but I've learned that that is not the answer for me. So luckily for me, I have an incredible best friend who ensured that that was not the case, and instead she took me away and we went up to the lake and spent a few days in the sunshine. And I didn't have to think about anything except for having fun and enjoying myself and being outside and being in very good company. So I'm incredibly grateful to her and to all my friends who reached out with support. And I'm just ready to continue to move forward on this incredible journey that I've started. And I'm just feeling nothing but gratitude at this point. I feel lucky to have all all of you in my life. I feel lucky to have these strangers reaching out. I feel lucky to be being played in 28 countries. And I especially feel lucky for all of the incredible women I've already had the opportunity to meet through this journey. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being a part of it. I so hope that you guys are learning or growing along with me because that is the least I can do is to give back to you through knowledge because the amount of love and support and positive vibes that I've been getting I just feel very guilty if I am not even at least giving anything back to you guys. So I'm super grateful that you're here. Welcome to a fabulous episode. I'm super excited about today. 
Today I'm talking to Sandra Smith. She is a health coach and she focuses on helping women to get back to their best selves and their best bodies without having to do crazy diets or exercise. She helps them to learn what's healthiest for them. She helps them to understand their bodies more in the ways of nutrition and exercise and all of the incredible other aspects that bring health into your life. Because one of the many topics we cover, and to be honest, we talk, we have a wide variety of topics in this conversation today. We talk about the fact that health is so much more than your physical body. Yes, absolutely. What you're eating and exercising is crucial, but also the way that you feel, whether or not you have aches and pains, whether or not you're sad or going through depression or anxiety, whether or not you're lonely, the people that you surround yourself with, the things that you spend your time doing, they all play such an important part in your health. So I'm incredibly excited to share this with you. I've said this before, but when I started this journey, I really wanted to be able to have this kind of conversation with a variety of women. I wanted to speak to people of different ages and somebody that's been a mother and people that are single people that are health coaches, people that are, you know, starting their health journeys with no um, experience, et cetera, et cetera. And Sandra was an incredible person to speak to because she's been through it all. She's 49 years old and she's been married to her high school sweetheart for 30 years. They have four children and she works for herself as this health coach. And the best part about her story is that she has been through it all. She was an athlete in high school, then she became a mother and struggled with her weight and found depression. Then she started to gain confidence in her work as a health coach, but sort of lost her way a little bit until she found body competitions, which if you ask me, anybody entering a body competition in their 40s, major, major props. And now she's found this incredible, happy medium where she focuses on her health in such a well-rounded way. Yes, she exercises and yes, she promotes eating right, but she also promotes limiting the people that you surround yourself with, setting boundaries, ensuring that you're bringing so much laughter and joy into your life and ensuring that people understand themselves so that they can be their happiest self. As always, I hope that you guys are able to take away something really special from this conversation. So without further ado, here is the wonderful Sandra Smith. Thank you so much for joining me once again or chatting with me again. Of course, this is fun. So obviously you mentioned um, on your social media or you, you know, you, you refer to yourself as you are a health coach. Um, so I would, I have to ask like how you ended up in that sort of role. Has this been something you've always been interested in? Uh, did you struggle with body image yourself and, you know, kind of went on that journey and then decided that you wanted to help other women to feel better about themselves that way? It is a perfect place to start. And I'm so glad that you asked. Okay, so so a little, I'll try to like kind of fly through the background just a little bit here. Of course. Yeah, so in high school, I was, um, I'm going to loosely use the term an athlete. <laughs> I, I tried from middle school on, I tried every sport and my parents were awesome. They would let me just like try whatever I wanted. The only caveat was that if I started a sport, I had to complete that season. The things I loved was I was on the dance team in high school and I was on the volleyball team in high school. So those um, stayed with me from the minute I found them until the end of high school. So during high school, I looked fit. Um, I was the size everybody wanted to be. I looked healthy. 
Um, I had some really awful habits. Um, wow, that's, this that's is young. totally embarrassing. But I came from a non-smoking household, and I actually started smoking when I was about eleven or twelve years old. And that's disgusting and horrible. And I don't even know how that came to be. I don't know why that came to be. Um, so when I say I had some bad habits, I had some bad habits. I had, you know, I never had like quote an eating disorder, but I did all of the things that people with eating disorders did. Like I would not eat for days, or I would. I even tried the binging and purging thing to like maintain this size and look, even though like now people call it the imposter syndrome, even though I knew I wasn't healthy, even though I knew I, you know, at some level I knew I couldn't actually maintain that the way that I liked to do things and the way that I liked to eat. So I did it in the wrong ways. Um, and uh, so during high school, looked fit, was an athlete, very, very active. Um, and then <clears throat> my husband and I, um, we started dating the summer before my senior year. So, you know, we were already together as I was completing high school. When I turned 18, 11 days later, he and I moved in together. Um, less than a year after that, we were married. Less than a year after that, we had our first baby. Yeah. So immediately I was into this adulting life style, but I was still holding on to those childish ways of eating and childish ways of treating my body. And so that caught up with me very quickly. After our second baby, my weight was getting to the point where it was out of control. By this point, I realized I'm not a smoker. I don't want to be a smoker. That's gross. And <laughs> I don't want my kids around that, et cetera. So, you know, he and I quit smoking together. Um, and it was just one of those, we made the decision to quit. Um, we quit. And uh, you know, no patches, no none of that stuff. But when we did that, we we traded one bad thing for another, <laughs> and so we we put away the cigarettes and we said hello, Jolly Ranchers, and we literally would buy five pound bags of Jolly Ranchers and just eat candy all day. And so that obviously didn't help the whole health and body shape, etc. So shortly after baby number two, my weight started climbing. And that was the beginning of just really difficult phase. Through that next six years or so, my weight just climbed and it climbed and it climbed and it climbed and it climbed. And it seemed like nothing that I did would affect that in a positive way. I might lose three, four pounds, but then I would immediately gain five, six or 10. And it just was like I started to feel just this darkness, this like complete lack of control. I, I was ashamed of my body now because it had been so important in my life previously and I couldn't get it back. It was completely changing. And I was trying to tell myself like um, verbally, I was just saying things like, okay, you're a mom now. You're not 17 anymore. This is, this is how it is. This is what happens. You don't have to be like were when you were 15 and 16 and playing sports all the time. You're never going to be that way again. You just need to let it go and accept that this is how it is. <laughs> and so I would say those things and I would feel okay when I was saying them. But then when I looked in the mirror, my heart would break. And I would just, you know, not only because of how I looked, but because of how this made me feel, I had no control. I didn't understand what was happening. I was doing everything that the, the, you know, slim fast commercials and the 
you know, Kellogg's cereal commercials. And I was doing everything that all of those things said. And then I was doing everything that the Dexatrim commercials said. Yeah, that was a thing when I was a kid. <laughs> I just dated myself, right? <laughs> and um, so I was doing all these things. I was trying not to eat. I was trying to eat healthier, but I didn't know what any of it meant. None of it worked. Right. I just was like getting darker and darker and darker and felt more and more alone. I wanted to be isolated because I didn't want to have to deal with this publicly with anybody. Um, it affected how I felt being intimate with my husband because we were now in a place where those lights needed to be off, which meant nighttime, nighttime shenanigans only. And, you know, that's just, it's just every part of it was unhealthy. And it was upsetting. Yeah. And it, it, you'd be lying if like it affects everything. Like a lot of people just think that it affects the way you think about yourself, but like you said, it, it affects your relationship and it affects how you feel about yourself. And from there on, it it does spiral out to like so many. Absolutely things. does. I mean, like even when we would sit together on the couch, I would kind of like, I would like put my arm between him and me because I didn't want his arm to touch that little fat roll and be, you know, disgusted by it or something. Which I know yeah. he wouldn't be, but we do that. <laughs> And so all all that he sees on his side, all that he feels is I'm trying to put space between us. I'm trying to like keep him from touching me. And it's not that I didn't want him to touch me. It's that I didn't want him to notice the little, you know, where I'm growing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, I have a habit of always putting a pillow in front of me whenever I'm sitting. And it's like just a safety blanket for me to not let anyone see that like when I'm sitting, there's like a roll there, which is just... It's weird what we think is, you know, going to keep us safe in that moment or keep us protected, but we, we find those comforts. And I'll tell everybody a little secret right now. Every supermodel that has a six-pack ab, if they sit, they're going to have something roll. <laughs> it just happens. <laughs> anyway, and that's, I think we need to tell ourselves that more often because... <laughs> That is a very true fact, and I think it just makes us all just feel a little bit better, you know? But let me let me take you back. Sorry, yeah. So there I was, two kids, um, and, and feeling completely helpless on taking care of my body. And somehow, magic dropped into my lap. And my husband and I, um, you know, we got married because we liked each other. We wanted to spend time together. And where we found ourselves, and this is a little off the body image topic, but it brings me right back. So we found ourselves with me being a stay-at-home mom, which was very important to us. Um, I was doing things in the home to try and contribute to the household income, um, things like cleaning other people's houses and babysitting inside of our home and, and stuff like that. Um, but he and I never had time together. He worked long hours. He was happy to take care of his family, but he was miserable that he never saw it. Um, and so many people are like that. So this, this business opportunity fell in our lap and along with it came a health product and we got started. And that was the first light I ever saw as I got started learning about nutrition and I got started learning about what we feed ourselves affects everything. And I, I started, that was the beginning of my education journey about how what goes into our mouth actually affects everything that we ever do, think, feel, say, and experience. And that sounds like a really big, audacious statement to make, but my personal experience is that that's 100% true. And so I started learning about foods and I started learning about some of the habits that I had and how detrimental they were, not only to my health, 
and to my size and shape, but to my how I felt about myself. So I started changing my nutrition gradually, and I started to notice that things were moving in the direction I wanted them to. My weight started to go down. My emotional stability started to improve. My um, my uh, what what do you call it? Like not wanting to eat. My cravings <laughs> started to go away, and I just. I started to feel different within like the first week and that got my attention. Um, so I just, I just like opened my whole mind and my whole heart to the possibility one more time that I might be able to get control. And now, you know, not only was my own body reflecting my changes, not only was my own um, relationship with my husband, which is like my most important relationship, starting to morph. And I'm going to say get better. It's not that it was bad. There was nothing to get better from, but it just got better. And now I, I, um, I was able to very quickly lose all of this weight that I'd put on over the course of a handful of years. I was right back where I was in high school. I felt amazing. My energy was great. And, and that little stupid body image, thinking that you have to be a certain way, started to resurface. <laughs> and I started to feel like, well, this is my business now. I have to always look like this or I'm a failure. I have to always present myself in a way that people want to look and feel like I want to look and feel. And that became more important than how I felt. Um, so we're just always evolving, always learning, always trying to get better. And you know, I've made a lot of really dumb mistakes over the years, but I do believe that I've always done the best that I could with what I understood at the time. So I didn't even recognize yet that that was starting to happen, that I was starting to feel like how I looked was more important than anything. To the people, I don't even know. And this was before social media. Imagine how difficult it is now today. I mean, you don't have to imagine. We all just feel it, right? We all experience it every day. Like if you take a picture and you, you think about posting it because you're having an awesome time with your friends and then you zoom in and you look at that little roll under your arm and you're like, well, I can't post that one. And now all of a sudden, instead of celebrating life and instead of celebrating relationships and instead of having a great time with the people that we love and we care about, we're worried about what somebody's going to think of how your shirt rolls. Yep. It's so sad. There's literally that like one of the most famous captions for a post on Instagram is like, felt cute, might delete later. It's like, if you thought you looked cute in the moment and you posted it, just keep it up. Like, it doesn't matter what you think about it the next day. Like, you thought you looked cute now. Like, good for you. Leave it there. That's but that's right. so true. People are worried about how many likes they're going to get on it or the comments that might come up or they'll review it once, it once it's posted and see, you know, like you said, you know, a role or something out of place. And it's just... We're not, and also people are no longer focusing on, you know, the vacation that they're on or the time that they're having. It's like, well, if I didn't get a photo for the grandma, like, did it even happen? So it's like, <laughs> this never ending vicious cycle. Yeah, it, it really is. And we'll come back to social media too, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so that's where I was. And then, you know, for years I was able to maintain that. Um, I still just continue to learn more and more and more about nutrition and about how to eat for myself and, and how I want to live, et cetera. But as we, I started to relax a little, I started to somewhere along the way, I started to work more on myself and I started to recognize that I was having that external drive to look and feel a certain way. So I, I, I worked to let that go. And as I let that go, of course, I got a little fluffy again. Um, 
was like, I was telling myself I was okay with it, but I really didn't feel okay with it. And then I started um, adding wine and, and it got to where, and my husband and I, I don't think that we ever are, you know, struggling with alcoholism or any kind of lack of control around it, but we were having wine every night and it was awesome. <laughs> And it was fun. And it got to where, you know, we started with a glass of wine every night. And then before you know it, we were knocking a bottle every night, which for two people, it's plenty, but it's not like obsessive and or excessive. And then it got to where we would open a second one some nights and I'd be like, all right, this is silly. (laughs) I'm seeing a pattern here. I started seeing it in my clothes and more than really in my clothes, I started to really recognize the results of like when one habit slips in our life, some others usually slip around it. And it's the same when you improve a habit in your life. When you improve one thing in your life, you usually improve a couple of things around it at least. And so not only were we doing that, but now I was having burgers and pizza more often than I did. I was having desserts more often than I did. I was not having the things that I knew I should be having as often as I had been. And it was show, I, where I really noticed it was in my face. Like really dark circles under my eyes, really puffy under my eyes. And my skin just didn't have the resilience that it did. And when I first started noticing that, I was like, well, yeah, that makes sense. You're entering your forties now. And, you know, here we go again. That's just life. It's how it happens. It's how it's supposed to be. You need to relax and just be okay with it. And then in this, this, while that was happening, and I know we talked about, uh, before we talked about, um, me being in fitness competitions a couple of times. Yeah. This is where that started to come in. And so I was feeling that feeling again about let it go. You're okay. It's just part of life. Relax. And while I feel like today I want to age gracefully and I want to recognize that certain things are going to happen. You're going to have gray hairs. Like there's really not a whole lot you're going to do about that. Um, is going to start to grow where it didn't used to grow. It's just, that's, that's going to happen. What doesn't have to happen is you don't have to let your health go. You don't have to just accept that you have no control over these things. So while I was feeling that way or saying that I felt that way, that it was okay and blah, 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 I still, part of me was just like bugged by it and didn't sit well. And it wasn't that I was like, but I don't want to look this way. It was more like, do I actually have to just accept all of this or are there parts that I probably shouldn't accept? And while I was thinking that, one of my colleagues um, said in just a casual conversation talking about something totally else, he, was, he actually had done a couple of bodybuilding competitions. Um, I just was like, that was never even in my realm of possibilities. That was the silliest thing. They all looked goofy. And I wasn't up for it, but he said in a conversation, he said um, to somebody else, he said, when you get control of what's happening inside your body, you get control of your whole. Still, when I say it, I get a little chill up my spine because it hit me with the energy of a lightning bolt and it stopped me in my tracks. And I was like, I do not have control of what's happening inside of my body. And all of a sudden, that whole feeling of, depression and the darkness from when I was gaining weight and couldn't make it stop, I started to feel that again, but in a different way. And I was like, I'm going to get control of what's happening in my body. And while, while I was mulling on that, 
Also, we were sitting with another friend a few months later. This probably happened over the course of a year. Um, sitting with another friend, and at lunch, she was telling me about her experience where she had um, done a bikini competition and all of the things that she learned. Now, when I was when I was listening to Carla talk, I was like, Carla is not your stereotypical Barbie doll looking bikini competition kind of girl. She's more like me. She's a little more frank. She's a little more comfortable. She's, you know, doesn't have the, the altered appearance, like a whole bunch of makeup, the blonde hair. And I don't mean to offend anybody, but when you think of stereotypes, there's a reason we think of stereotypes, right? So there's a look that we usually see when we think of a person who, and it's starting to change today, but this was, I don't know, eight, six, eight years ago, maybe. Um, so at that point, it was all the Barbie doll looking women who were doing those bikini competitions. Today, that's not the case. Um, but when I looked at her, I was like, now, if Carla can do that, I probably could. <laughs> and I love when I get around people that, that make me think, and I love when I help people think, well, if Sandra could do that, I sure as heck can, right? Um, but that's the kind of the feeling that I had. But then she started talking about everything that she learned in the process, the stuff that she learned about her body, the stuff that she learned about nutrition, the stuff that she learned about um, healthy aging. And I was intrigued. So I listened to that conversation. And now I had, you know, Michael's thing about getting control of what's happening in your body. I had Carla's input about like all of these things that she learned like she didn't become this bikini competitor or anything. She just did it. And then months after that, a, a colleague of mine at a dinner we were at said, you know what you should do, Sandra? You should, you should compete. And I was like, you should stop talking. <laughs> but I thought about it for a few days. You know, I, I completely shut her down. I said, there's no way. I'm not interested. It's not something that is for me. It's great for you. Um, and this gal did look like the stereotypical um, competitor at that time. And, and it just, you know, that doesn't, I never had a desire to be that. And, but I started to think about it and I started to think about all of these experiences that I'd had. And I started to think about what I could learn. Um, so I did it and I didn't just do it. I did it big. I told everybody on my, so I already had like a social media following at the time on Facebook. I don't think Instagram even existed or maybe it was just coming on. Um, and I told, I just sat down and did a video. I said, you, you guys are not going to believe what I'm about to do, but I'm going to, I'm going to compete in a bikini competition. And do you know what? I, I did really good. I'm <laughs> not surprised. And, and it's, oh, there's so much that I loved about it. I love the intensity. I love and I hate this. I love how you have to, like when you get to a certain point in the process, you literally have to measure everything. You have to measure all of your food. You have to weigh it. You have to know how what the macro balances are. You have to time it just right. And it, it gets to where your entire life revolves around when your next chicken breast is due or when your next workout is due or, <laughs> and you know, part of me likes that level of intensity, but I don't want to live that way forever. Right. And That's so I did not really sustainable well. at all. Also, just to get like the full image, is this also like the thing where you have to get very, very tanned? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just double check it. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> and, and, you know, here I am. I don't know. I'm relatively modest in terms of I don't wear all of my body out for everyone to see. 
And I'm also not modest in that, like, if a mom is breastfeeding in public and her baby pulls the blanket off and somebody sees her boob, that's not the worst thing that could happen. Like, no. Um, but I was, when I realized that, like, I put it into for a post somewhere, I said, I, I can't believe I'm actually going to, like, down to X number percent body fat, and I'm going to get on stage in front of I don't know how many people and about an ounce of fabric, some rhinestones, and a spray tan. Yeah, those are some small bikinis. <laughs> really are. <laughs> they really are. And so, but I did it, and and I did it well, and I was good at it. And you know, I did two competitions. I did the bikini one first because I thought that that was going to be something that I could actually do. I didn't really think that I could do called figure. It's like a level. It's kind of between women's bodybuilding and a bikini. So figure has more militant poses. It has um, not so bouncy and cheerleadery, which is completely not my personality. I probably would have placed first if I could have taken that persona on a little better on stage because um, my physique was completely on, but I took second in bikini. And then I took a second and a third placing in figure. So I did really well. Um, That's incredible. Yes. And this was in my mid 40s. So I feel I feel pretty good about that. I feel like this is a huge accomplishment. <laughs> Do you know what the ages of the other girls that were competing? Were you one of the older um, women? The, where, the one that I placed third, that was everybody. That was like 18 and up. And that was for figure. The one where I placed second, it was the called the master's class, which was women 40 and up. <laughs> That's incredible. I mean, props, like major congratulations for you to like dive into such an extreme sport. You know, you're, especially at an older age, obviously like you, you've, you've got it. So it, it does age is just a number, but, oh, and you look incredible. So I wouldn't worry for a second about that. Let's just call it, I'm 49 right now. <laughs> But like, damn, like that's, that is an, wow. Like that is just a very intense thing to do. Like even at, I'm 26 right now and obviously I'm far off from that spot is like physically, but I definitely just don't think I'd have the drive to focus on something that intense. So I think it's very fascinating and very cool to learn other people that do. And as you're saying, you know, you thrive off of it and you appreciate the praise and stuff. I think that's very cool to acknowledge. And thank you for that. And so now let's look at the list of things that I didn't like about it. <laughs> that list is almost as long. I loved everything I learned. I loved seeing what I was capable of. I like the kudos, um, but those, never mind. Let's get into the list of <laughs> what I didn't like. So one, the, the, probably the, one of the biggest things was that I realized I was never satisfied. I would look in the mirror and start picking everything apart because that's what the judges would do, right? And so I would just pick right. everything apart. Um, I'd be like, okay, nice job, little Miss Thang. You got a five pack, but where's the definition in that lower, right? Let's let's get let's get that little bit of fat off. And or, you know, I would I don't, just notice all of these just absolutely ridiculous little things that weren't perfect. And I would set out to fix them. And so that was terrible for my own personal self-image. I was, I was never happy. I always wanted more. And as you know, with people, well, maybe you don't, but that is really the start of where some 
addictive, unhealthy behaviors can come from when you're picking something apart like that and can never accept the greatness you've already achieved. And it doesn't matter if we're talking about a person's Absolutely. body or their career or their children, you have to accept the amazing and wonderful things that you do. And you have to be in that. Yeah, it, it's the biggest thing to hold you back. And I also think we're 1000%, or at least I know I am personally my own worst enemy. So when I'm picking something about myself, it's not nice things that I'm telling myself. Exactly. Either. And it's like, you wouldn't even say that to people you didn't like. Never, ever. (laughs) But for me, it's like second nature. (laughs) For most of us, yeah. Yeah. I also developed, I work with people to help them. All of these things. I I work with people to help them with their health. Um, my, My tagline is, I help women get their body back without restrictive diets and crazy workouts. So that's what I do. And as I was in this process and just going full, like my kids say, going hard in the paint, right? I was full throttle <laughs> all the time going for the gold. And I developed a super low tolerance for the people I was working with. Super low. Like if they said, I can't because I was like, then you just don't want it bad enough. And I, I wouldn't actually say that to where well, I did say it to some people, but not to very many people. And I would just be like, if they're not getting results, it's because they don't want it. It's not because they need help. It's that they need to like buckle down. Like if I can do it, you can do it. Right. And so I, I developed this super unhealthy, low tolerance for the people that I was working with. And that was terrible for our business, of course. What was good for business is that people wanted my results. So they would come, but they wouldn't stay. And that to today, looking back, that really breaks my heart. I'm just like so ashamed. And a couple of those people I've reached out to and just apologize um, that, you know, and, and they probably didn't even see it that way. They probably didn't even hear what was going on in my head. But to me, that's just unacceptable. So I hated that. And um, living that way doesn't really have any long term sustainability, especially for us women. Now, we have to have a certain amount of body fat on our bodies to have a, a healthy environment for creating children. When I look at these 20-somethings, these competitions boasting about being, you know, 12 to 8% body fat, it just, it hurts um, because that, all of our hormonal systems are just messed up. Like a lot of these women don't have periods because their body fat is too low for their body to even think about conceiving a child. So their periods are literally stopped. And, you know, it is nuts. It's like, why are we doing this to ourselves? Is it because of social media? I think it's partially, maybe. You know, we look at social media and we see these bodies, and I still have to fight it. I look at these bodies, and I'm like, oh, I thought it was amazing that striation. And I, I wanted so bad. I wanted to get my body fat low enough that I could see the vein across my shoulder. Wow. That's, that's intense. I never achieved it, <laughs> but I wanted it, and I wanted it bad. And when I think about that, I'm like, that is such crazy low body fat for a woman. It's, it's unnatural. Actually, social media right now just completely is warping our image of what a healthy woman looks like and healthy men for that matter too. But for men, they, their bodies weren't made to carry the new life and build the new body, right? They're to protect and, and give us, <laughs> give us the little, what yeah. we need to make the baby. Right. But a woman, a woman's body naturally has to have higher body fat and it, 
it regulates your hormones, all of your hormones. Okay. We don't just have our sex hormones. We have our hunger hormones. We have our stress hormones. We have your hormones are actually like the thermostats that control your whole body. So when your hormones are thrown off, you really have a hard time with everything, depressions, um, mood swings, how you communicate with people, whether or not you can sleep, all of these things are affected by your hormones. So if we women are all running around ultra low body fat, and we're just like, man, you talk about a crabby mess. It's a mess. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, social media is really distorting what a healthy woman looks like, I think. Um, and when I was in the middle of it, I certainly had a warped picture of what a healthy woman looks like. I still work to, um, to maintain balance in what I expect of myself in terms of like, I don't, I don't ever want to be 12% body fat again. 11 was the lowest that I got to. And that was like stage time in my last competition. And <clears throat> I don't ever want to be that again. I really want to look like that again, but I don't ever want to live in that hormonal balance again. Um, I would never do it again. I will never compete again. In terms of body image, where I'm at today, um, there was a book that I listened to on audiobook, and then I had to go buy the book so I could make notes in it. And the book is called Goddesses Never Age by Christiane Northrup. And when I read that, when I listened to that book, I listened to it four times in a row and it's a long book. So over about a month, that's all I had going into my ears. And it hit me so clear um, about like her whole message in that book. I, I even tried to get my sons to read the book and my husband to read the book. Like I was so like, everybody needs to hear this book. <laughs> <laughs> and, but she, it spoke so clearly to me about self-love and about healthy aging and about taking care of yourself. And, you know, there were a lot of side topics in there, but a couple of things that struck me was she was talking about these centennials, these people that live to be a hundred years old and what some of the things that they attribute to their longevity to. Um, and in that conversation, I got really clear that happiness Genuine laughing and being happy and happiness contributes more to our health than probably just about anything. And laughter, there's, there are so many studies, which we'll come back to that. There are so many studies that show without any question that laughter creates hormonal or that creates chemicals and therefore hormonal environments in our bodies that actually fight diseases. That's amazing. I didn't realize that that would, I've heard nothing but, you know, obviously you hear laughter is the best medicine. And I know that you can, you know, if even if you like hold a smile for a little while, you start to like release hormones to make yourself feel better and, and you know, feel as though you're actually smiling again. But to know that they actually help you with diseases is, is amazing. Yes, yes, yes. And so I've always been afraid of aging. And I think all of us kind of are at some, in some degree or at some level. And yeah, with that book, I was just like, uh-uh, bring it. I'm, I'm so ready for this. And I, I see some changes I'm going to make right away. And that was one of them. I started to get a little too serious, you know, while I was listening to that. We were also 
having some struggles with one of our, our business ventures and it wasn't really going the way we imagined that it would like at all. And so there was all of that stress and that worry and that aggravation. And there was a little bit of tension in the house because, you know, I thought and he thought and he said and she said and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, in reading that book, I realized that all of that stuff really doesn't matter. What matters is that we're laughing and having a good time. And yeah. My personality has always been you know, kind of boisterous and loud and laughing and adventurous and what the hell, let's do it, caution to the wind kind of thing. And my husband's a little bit the opposite of that. Um, he's perfectly fun and all of that. I don't mean that he's a stick <laughs> in the mud. Um, he laughs and all of that, but he's not quite as vivacious about it as I yeah. tend to be. <laughs> so when I started taking on this laughter, he was a little caught off guard because, you know, I had been all stressed out and grumpy. And now all of a sudden, trying to laugh at things. Um, but it did, it turned the whole boat around really quick. So that was one thing. And, and another thing is, um, she talks about past traumas and how, when we hold on to those things, we have these little energy pockets in our bodies and different organs hold on to different kinds of traumas or hurt or anger. Um, and that, those little energy pockets in our body have the ability to become diseases if they're just ignored or worse, if they're fed, if you hang on to an anger or if you hang on to a trauma. Um, so she, she, in the book, she talks about ways to deal with that. I didn't really incorporate any of her ways to deal with that. I just recognized some of the places that I was really holding on to some stuff or I was mad at people in my childhood or whatever that I wouldn't have considered, oh, I've got all this anger bottled up. I mean, I didn't think of it that way. But when she was talking about it, these things just naturally came to mind. And so I, you know, did whatever I do to personally, you know, release that, let it go. And it happens in waves, right? Like, there's been some pretty really shitty traumas in my life, just like in everybody's. And some of it, it's easier to let go of. And some of it's, it's not so easy. Absolutely. But I think even just acknowledging it is is huge. So that's kind of my body image journey. Today, I'm 49. I'm, I'm soft. I still love going to the gym. And this is, <laughs> this is funny. I, I, I speak it out loud and my kids roll their eyes. Um, we have four kids. They're, they range from 29 down to the youngest is 15. And when I say stuff like this, they're all like, oh, there goes mom bragging on herself again. But sometimes I have to. Oh, I'm 49. I'm looking all right for 49. And I used to think, oh, I don't want to look all right for 49. I just want to look good. Right? I just want to look good, period. <laughs> but, you know, today I'm like, oh, I'm, I, here I am, a mother of four. I'm 49. I'm a grandma. And I look pretty good for that. You, first of all, you definitely do. Second of all, I think everybody should brag about stuff like that more often because we're <laughs> way too hard on ourselves. If you feel good about yourself, who cares if you let people know? I mean, obviously there's a line that where like the ego comes across a little bit too strong, but no, own it. <laughs> a little you. bit. I like how you said that. A little bit too strong. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes we can get a little cocky and then nobody wants to hear that ever again, but for the most time, and especially given the like journey that you've been on, feel free to brag about that. I think you've absolutely earned that. Well, thanks. Okay, so I've obviously just loved getting to know you further in that in that process, and I think it is the. I love that your story is so real. It's not 
you know, you've always been fit and you just were interested in it and now you're helping other people, but you've, you've been through the struggles, you've been through the intensity of the, um, of the stage and like the challenges and contests or well, competition is the word I'm looking for. Sorry. And then, and now you've found yourself in this like happy medium. Is that an okay thing to say? So yeah, perfect. Happy place. So yeah, exactly. And I mean, I also absolutely love that you've brought more laughter as part of your like health journey because that is probably one of the easiest things that we could all bring into our lives more often. It's free. It's not something you have to like, you know, work super hard for. But if you acknowledge that that's going to make your if that's going to make you healthier, if that's going to make you happier, then please everybody, let's all just laugh a little bit more. Right? I like that's my favorite thing to do anyway. I like to make people laugh, so I'm like a huge a great laughing stock. It's so easy to laugh at myself. Yeah, <laughs> tell me about it. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> that's the best though. Again, because you can acknowledge that, and I think when we acknowledge those things, then it makes it all okay. Um, so <laughs> one thing I want to ask you is what you said. There was a time where um, you you got kind of down on yourself because you felt like you had to look a certain way, and I can only imagine that that would be the case in with with somebody in your industry because you're sort of you, your body is your brand right so you, you yeah, obviously exactly. have to if you know there's definitely going to be that thought like if I don't look great no one's going to want to come and learn and work with me to look great you know what I mean so obviously that's completely valid and I can only imagine how hard that must have been but do you find that that's now more the case than ever with things like social media or have you reached a place where it like doesn't bother you as much now? Both. It depends on the day, to be honest. Yeah. One of the things that has really helped me is that I realized that my body is more than what it looks like. And right. Health is more than what it, what you see in the body. And what I really want is that I want that when people get around me or spend time with me, whether it's watching my Insta stories or whether it's reading my posts or whether it's in person at some of the sports at the kids' schools, that when they get around me, they feel my happy energy, they feel my energy, and they just want to be around me. And that to me has to be because I get a little obsessive and I think many of us do, but for me, that has to be the focus rather than them going, I want a butt like hers, or I want abs like hers, or what, you know, fill in whatever the body blank is that some people don't necessarily have complete control over. So I just want them to want my energy. I want them to want my lifestyle. I want them to want my result because to me, that's what's brought me the most happiness. And if it brings me happiness, it brings other people happiness too. Yeah, I think that that's a really beautiful approach. And it's what I think that's the approach that we should all strive for is is less physical comparison and more, you know, energy relatability or the happiness or, you know, yeah, I I, I love that. <laughs> I think that's exactly what we should all aim for. So, I mean, I could probably talk about this for hours, but I do want to dive a little bit down the social media rabbit hole just because I'm curious. Do you, having been someone who's been through the competitions and, you know, obviously works in this industry, do you find yourself ever getting caught up in the comparison situation or are you you (laughs) going past that? (laughs) I don't think as a human with imaging of other humans in our faces, we'll ever completely get beyond that. There will always be a degree of that. 
Um, yeah. And, you know, for me at this point, like I said, I'm always just trying to do the best I can with what I currently understand. And at this point, my viewpoint on comparing myself to someone else is comparing. But if I were going to compare something, I try to compare quality of life. There's so many pieces that go into quality of life, just like there are so many pieces that go into health. Health is not a body fat percentage. Health is not what size pants you wear or your height or the color of your hair, for goodness sake. Health is your vitality, your, let's just get super hokey, your inner light. <laughs> and it's, it's how you wake up feeling every day. You wake up aching or you're tired or you're not rested or you're lonely, that's not healthy. So what can you do to affect those things? So I'm experiencing when I affect those things, the happiness and the amount of rest and, you know, stuff like that, then the lines on my face start to go away when I feel happier. And it's not because I'm happy because the lines on my face are going away, but they're less prominent when I'm in a space of happy energy and just health in general. Does that make sense? That sounds really cheesy, but it's totally what I'm seeing. No, I, please, I live, <laughs> I live for cheese. I literally am like the cheesiest human there is probably. Um, no, I mean, part of this whole journey for me is just that I there's no question I would like, or I need to lose weight. Like I, I definitely gained a lot of weight during my depression and it does hold me back quite a bit, but there is so much more on my journey towards my happiest self and my most loved self and all that. And I know so much of it is, it, I do refer to it as my health, but it, I know full well that it is not just physical health. It's ensuring that my body feels good. It's ensuring that I feel good about myself mentally. And, you know, like, yeah, there's just so many aspects to it. And I think my biggest struggle with Instagram and things like that is that it's so focused on the physical side of things and the like, it's just super vain and it irritates me so much, but also I can't not look away. Like I can't look away and oh, I just could go like, it kills me. I personally did like a huge deletion um a few months ago and I only follow like 50 of my closest friends now and I I've found that that's been huge for me um but I actually know some friends who look at Instagram and they use it as a tool of motivation so I don't want to harp on it because I know that there is like this really beautiful side to it and obviously for yourself and even through this podcast like it's this incredible beautiful platform of marketing and being able to let people know who we are um but I just I would love if that message of what you're saying, where we just need to look for, we need to look to the deeper side of things or more to like their, the lifestyle and the positive energies and stuff more than just the actual photo itself. That would be very cool if that was the new normal, I think, with, with social media. Yeah. I like to read the captions. The captions are my favorite part. That's where you can really, you can really learn what a person is about. And if all of their like any of the accounts, and I love what you said about just not following the ones that don't make you feel good. Like life's too short not to feel good. Yeah. You don't owe somebody else on yeah. Instagram your life to be their follower and to look at what they're doing. If it's making you feel crappy, you need to not follow that one. And, um, yeah. and it doesn't matter why it makes you feel crappy. If it makes you feel crappy because their images are too pretty or that they look perfect and you feel inferior to that, then don't follow it. If it makes you feel crappy because they're always angry, 
or they're all, they're you know verbally putting people down. I mean, it's the same. It doesn't matter what the reason is. It makes you feel crappy, so you don't. Yeah, I mean, I think that yeah, that that in itself is definitely something I'm learning. Things that make me feel crappy or bad or whatever, I'm learning. You know what? I don't have room for you because, like you said, life is too short. Um, I yeah, I recently sort of ended a friendship that, you know, she was my best friend of 10 years. And I just sort of realized that we weren't benefiting each other anymore. We were, you know, almost in a weird way where we were like constantly competing with each other and putting each other down. And it's been really hard. I miss her, but I just realized that we sort of don't suit each other anymore. And you have to say goodbye to those things. And I, yeah. So whether that's unfollowing people on Instagram or letting people go from your life, like I definitely think that that all plays a part into health, you know? That is so huge. I know when, um, well, if you knew Maurice and I, we completely weeded our friendship garden and it even ran into family a little bit. Um, now we didn't like take family completely out, but we certainly stopped hanging out. And that was so vital. Like as we all, all at the same time, like at the time when we started our own little business together, um, we started getting exposed to personal development and, and things around growing yourself and becoming, you know, today it's really kind of cliche. Everybody says it, but nobody really knows what it means, but becoming the best version of yourself possible, continually working on yourself. Um, and when I say working on yourself, I mean, working on how you think about things, working on your viewpoints working on how you respond to things and choosing to respond rather than react to things. So all of that is a huge undertaking for any person. And we came from, you know, low, I barely graduated from high school and it was a tiny little country high school at that. So (laughs) to say I was uneducated is an understatement. And, you know, I, um, was born in Kentucky and grew up in rural Indiana. So all I knew was country living and, and mostly small minded people. And so my exposure was minimal. And when we, when we started this, it was so out of the box and it resonated so firmly with both of us that we had to learn this. We had to do this. And, you know, it wasn't even about, it was kind of about building a business because obviously you have to eat, right? You have to, we had two kids, we had a, a mortgage. You have to, you have to have money to, to live today. And so, yeah, it was about building a business. Yeah. We had dreams of creating massive incomes. And, you know, with that at the time when we had dreams of creating massive incomes, we also had visions of mansions and, you know, designer clothes and, fancy handbags and maids and all of that stuff that people frequently associate with big incomes. But to do, it, it was more about, like, I have to be something different. And there's a man named Jim Rohn, who's a world-renowned business philosopher, and we've met him a few times. But one of, one of the things that he said that changed my life forever is that you don't have to be what you've always been. Human beings are the only species on this planet that are not driven by the genetic code. Like we can live one way for X number of years, whether it's you know 15 years or 55 years. And one day we can go, you know what? Screw that. And tear up that script, write a completely new script and live a different way. And that's what Maurice and I did about 21, 22 years ago now. 
we just tore up that dumb redneck country people. Now we still are those people, but we don't like, that's not all we are. (laughs) I still don't mind working on a truck. Okay. Um, But, but we tore up that script and we wrote a new script. And then as we grew, we would go, you know what, it's time to revise our script a little. And in the process of doing that, all of these people that were around us and, you know, many of them were just like, they didn't want us to get hurt. They cared about us. They saw us changing and and putting everything, every bit of ourselves into this business venture to them. That's all it was. And they didn't want to see us get hurt, get cheated or whatever. And, but all the naysaying and we just couldn't have it. So we, the friendships, that was, I'm not going to say it was the easy part, but that was the easy part. The family, we had to create some boundaries. We had to, and it was very fortunate that my husband's job about this same time, his job moved us to the other side of the state where we didn't know anybody and family was at least a couple of hours away. And that was the biggest blessing because it gave us the space and the freedom and had that not happened we probably would have made it happen anyway. It just wouldn't have, it would have pissed a lot more people off. (laughs) Yeah, it happened a little more organically. (laughs) (laughs) But that you're so on, you have to weed those things out. You have to create the environment for yourself. And sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's simple. Sometimes it's really, really hard, but your whole life depends on it. Yeah, I completely agree. And yeah, it, exactly what you said. It it can be easy and it can be very hard. And I know with this friendship, it's something I'm still sort of dealing with. We were friends for a very long time, but I don't regret the decision at all because I know immediately the like benefit that I'm having. Yeah. It's, 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 um, it's very interesting though. And it's also incredibly empowering. Oh, thank you. (laughs) It's also incredibly empowering to realize that you are in control and that you do have the option to, like you said, change the script and not only to change the script once, but you know, you, you change your script now and in the year you can adapt it again. And that's a very powerful and comforting thing that a lot of people don't realize that they have control over. I think. Amazing. Okay. So one more thing I'd love to dive in with you is um, you mentioned a little bit briefly before, uh, like just getting to know yourself better and understanding yourself better. Did that happen, you know, over time for you? Do you have specific tricks that you like to use to help um, to help people do that? Or because I think the more we know ourselves better, the easier it is for us to become these healthier and happier humans. I wish I had a formula. I don't know how it started to happen for me. Um, I think it was it was just kind of uh, I'm going to say organic from the environments that I put myself into. I put myself into environments of people that were growing and moving in environments where people communicate clearly with the right words and working to understand those things. I started to naturally have the ability. I picture like scenarios or situations that happen. And, you know, you know, sometimes when you're in a conversation or a situation and you say or do something and you're like, now, what in the hell did I say that for? Why would I do that? And so I, I like almost like pull myself up out of my body and throw myself up in the top corner of the room and watch the whole scenario play out, watch how I responded and really question. Now, why did I, why did I respond that way? Why did I react that way? 
why did I say that? Why did I do that? What was the motivator? What did I need in that moment? What was I trying to accomplish? Because our unconscious mind, which is my label for the subconscious, everybody calls it subconscious, but I feel like sub makes it less. Your unconscious mind drives everything and it knows everything and it's aware of everything. So unconsciously, we do these things. There's a reason for them. And so if we can figure out what the reason is for that, we can start to we can start to um, unpeel the layers and get down to the real root. And when we can find the root, and sometimes sometimes you get to a layer and you think that's the root, and you start to work on that, and then all of a sudden, in working on that, you realize that's not the root. The root is a little bit deeper, but you've made progress to figuring out what the real root driver is to that behavior or that response. I think that's where it started for me. I wish I had like a formula that I could give somebody, but I think where it starts is when you do something and you look at yourself and you go, why? <laughs> why? I don't like that I did that. Why did I do that? And start to get up out of the, and when you, when I pull myself out of my body and throw myself in the top corner of the room, I'm no longer in the emotional experience. I'm just observing. And that helps me see so much more clearly. One thing I'm for sure learning in this, in my journey anyway, is that questions are my, is where I'm finding a lot of solutions. And I'm asking myself so many more questions, whether it be, do I like, why do I feel this way? Or like, do I feel okay today? What's causing me to feel this way? Why might I have said this? Is this person serving me? And from there, I'm learning that when I give myself the chance to recognize these things and to acknowledge them and to bring the answers into like, just to understand the answers, I'm advancing a lot further than I ever did when I was just sort of letting it all happen without any, any question. That is beautiful. Yeah. So I, I completely understand what you're saying. Like, it's just, it's acknowledging those things and being like, but why did I say that? Or, or what made me think that? And I, I like what you said there about like removing yourself from the emotional side of things too, and just sort of letting yourself be a fly on the wall and observe it and see where it comes from, because you're bound to learn more about yourself and your thought processes and everything like that when you remove yourself from the emotional side of things. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And the, the only other thing that I would probably add to that is when you start evaluating, do it with maturity, do it with, with the intention of moving forward or resolving an issue or getting better rather than beating yourself up. The worst thing that I hear, and I, I get so sad when I hear it, um, and I get sad only because it's a showstopper, at least for the moment when the person says this, but when someone says, well, that's just how I am, that's how I am. <laughs> and I'm just like, no, it's, it's how you are right now, but that's not all. That's not, yes. that's not all there is to you. That's it's like being an infant and going, well, walk and you have to feed me and I can't talk. So you have to figure out what I want. And that's just, that's just what I am. Yeah. And just ending it there. And yeah, it, yeah it, that also goes back a little bit to what we were saying earlier about how a lot of people don't realize that they have the option to, you know, rip up the script and change their narrative. So if you, if you hear someone say that, it's kind of like, okay, well, you're currently that way. Did you want to continue on that path? Because guess what? You have the option to not do so. Yeah. But and some people that really makes them mad when you oh, tell them they're yeah. responsible oh, yeah. for those choices. Don't worry. I mean, I would for sure just be thinking that in my head and not actually saying that. But <laughs> I, I, 
I can, I like resonate with you when you say that it makes you sad because it's true. And I, I mean, I think we're all guilty of it every once in a while. We sort of feel that this is like, we've established this one way about ourselves and, you know, it's very hard to change some of the things that we've got going or some of our habits and stuff, but it's really important to remember that you can ask yourself those questions. And if you don't like the answer, you do have the power to change it. My son, Brett, our older, uh, we have two boys, two girls. My older son, Brett, is, he's probably the biggest support that I have on that kind of thing because he calls me on my shit every time, (laughs) every time. And I might just be, I might not even be realizing that I'm in my stuff and, you know, just standing in the kitchen blabbing about something and it, it winds up being a complaint and he'll just start asking me questions and just super cool and nonchalant. And then all of a sudden I realize what he's doing. (laughs) And it's like that love hate thing. Like you're mad that you just got called, but you're really, really grateful that he didn't just let you sit and wallow around in something you don't want to (laughs) be. Oh, absolutely. And it's even like, yeah, I can just picture, you know, like you're having a moment where you want to vent or complain about something and somebody asks you like a simple question and you like can't even come up with the response. You're like, okay, well, obviously you're right. But like, I just needed a minute. But like, really, you feel like an idiot because they're totally right. And you're just wasting your time on this awful feeling for no reason. Yeah. And he, he's really... He's really good at it because he'll usually get two or three questions deep before I realize what he's doing. And two or three questions in, I'm, I'm realizing that he's helping me work it out. <laughs> That's amazing. Awesome. They're all awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, just the, the way you speak about your family, too, is like super empowering to me and like inspirational. I mean, to end up with your high school sweetheart is probably goals for a lot of people, but for you guys to be working together and have built this project and this this full-on built this life together and to be as in love and then as as positive as you are to talk about each other the way you still do is that's very inspiring to a very hopeless romantic 26 year old single person (laughs) (laughs) that's probably the single thing of all the cool things I've ever done that's probably what I'm the most proud of and that's the the family and the relationships inside of our family that we have intentionally created. Yeah. And that, again, is just going to play a big part in your happiness and your health journey, because those are the things that matter the most. Whereas if you were still trying to seek more, you know, praise and stuff from the external sources or the competitions and stuff and not appreciating more of what you had within your relationships, there would be a place of lack that you would probably be missing a lot of things from still. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Okay, so one more question I would love to ask you, if you don't mind, just just totally curious. Do you have like a one health or diet or fitness tip that you like, like highly recommend to anyone? I do. Yeah. And it's super simple. Perfect. And it is to just pay attention because we're talking specifically about, about food, right? Yeah. Any, so yeah. Pay attention to how something makes you feel. Okay. When you eat it, like, does it make you feel sleepy? Does it make you feel thick, heavy, sluggish? Does it make you feel vibrant and light and quick on your feet? Does it make you feel like you need a nap? Does it make you like, how does something make you feel? And, and I actually do a weekly, uh, weekly live videos. It's called uh, health talk Tuesday on 
on our Facebook page if anyone's interested in checking that out, or you can pull this out. That's fine too. Um, but where I talk about things like that, and it's it's not like a product specific. It's just general nutrition conversations. Yeah, that's amazing. And I honestly, I feel like that is the most well-rounded conversation that we've just had because it all comes back to checking in with ourselves. How does something make you feel? And that playing a huge part in your overall health. So whether it's the food that you're ingesting, the posts that you're seeing on Instagram, the people in your lives, the job that you're doing, how does it make you feel? And just acknowledging that you have the choice to switch it. So that's actually pretty cool. Didn't mean for that to happen, but I'm super glad that that did. (laughs) Thank you. Um, So, I mean, thank you so, so much for speaking to me today. I've genuinely, like, this has just been amazing. And I feel like I've known you for a really long time, which is really cool. Um, Is there anything... Is there anything else you want to say? I will obviously make sure to um, put like a bio in the episode and add your social media information and everything there so that everyone can find you. But is there any other topic that you wanted to make sure we cover or anything? Don't ever let yourself think, well, this is just what I am and it's all I'm going to be. You actually can do just about anything. And it doesn't mean that you should do anything and everything, but pay attention to how you feel. Don't just don't let yourself get stuck. Like um, another one of my mentors along the way said, if you're not growing, you're dying. So when you get stuck in a rut, it's just kind of like a long grave with the ends cut out. So don't go there. And just, yeah, remember that you've got the power to change it, right? And you're the only one that does, by the way. Nobody else can change things for you. <laughs> it's, it would be a lot easier if we could, you know, just pay for it or find that from someone, some <laughs> right. other source. But it's all on us, isn't it? It really is. But it's worth it because we learn more about ourselves along the way. And then therefore, we're all going to be better people for it. Once you realize you can make one change, then you start to look around and go, well, well what else could I change? Like, it doesn't cost you anything to sit with your journal and examine how, how you reacted or responded to something or how you wanted to react or respond to something and how you can make that change. And then once you, once you feel the power of creating positive change, it just opens up every possibility of anything that you, anything else that you might want to make adjustments. Absolutely. And like you said before, when you make one like habit change, it often affects the other one. So if you make one positive habit change, you're going to want to continue on that train and you know, create more positive and healthier habits in itself. So it's all just about, you know, starting and then seeing where the like, the good ball will roll. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, just like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for this for, for today. I genuinely am so, so stoked that you were cool with chatting with me and that you brought so much to our conversation. I, I'm thrilled and I'm super grateful. All right. Well, there you have it. That was my wonderful chat with Sandra. And I hope that you guys enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed having the actual conversation. And I hope that you're able to remember some of those really special points as you move forward in the next couple of weeks. If anything, just remember to bring more laughter in your life. I mean, the fact that we are now aware that it genuinely can help promote health is a pretty solid excuse, but I guarantee you, your day will be better for laughing more regardless. And if you want to go even deeper, maybe start asking yourself some of those questions. 
Are you unhappy with anything in your life? If so, remember that you have the power to change them and you have the power to rip up your script and to change it to whatever it is that you want it to be. And a really great place to start with doing that is just by asking yourself, you know, do I like feeling this way? If not, how can I change it? What is it that I want to actually feel? And go from there. And don't be afraid to go and listen to your intuition. And if you need a little bit of help with that, feel free to jump back to my incredible episode with Emma, who helps us to remember that our intuition is absolutely there for us. And she also helps us to understand the difference between ego and intuition. So you can tell that I'm definitely on a path of just trying to promote the understanding of ourselves and the happiness that comes from within instead of all of these external materialistic pieces that are constantly being thrown at us because while they of course play a part and don't get me wrong online shopping definitely makes me happy my happiness in the last few months and this drastic change since my end of depression has totally been an internal change and i hope that some of these tools might help anybody that is suffering currently because i know firsthand it's not a place you want to be Thank you again so much for being a part of this journey with me. I cannot wait to continue and see where this goes. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to learn more or to reach out, you can find us on Instagram at lovemepodcast or visit our website, lovemepodcast.com. If you like what you heard in today's episode, please take a moment to rate and review on Apple Podcast, or you can subscribe from whichever streaming service you're listening from. New episodes are available every other Monday. Until then, I'll leave you with the wise words from the mother of all badasses, Jen Sincero. Love yourself while you've still got the chance.